Let me tell you about American Financing. Uh, American Financing is the uh, place that you can go to reduce your mortgage payments. You can go to get a new mortgage. At, I just got a letter in from somebody who said they got it to 2.75, I think, mortgage. Or you can consolidate your loan and uh, roll in all of the high interest credit card debt that you have and pay a much lower monthly payment and get those that get that monkey off your back you do not want to have high interest uh, credit cards it's only going to get much much worse right now it is fairly easy to get a loan with american financing um, but uh, please do it now it's going to get harder and harder and more expensive it's American Financing, AmericanFinancing.net, uh, or you can call them at 800-906-2440. They're waiting for your call right now. Just take 10 minutes while you're thinking about it and see if they can save you a lot of money month after month after month. It's AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440. All right. Thank goodness Stu is out today. Pat Gray is going to be joining me in the uh, program with Jordan Peterson. It begins next. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Yesterday, I was supposed to spend about a half an hour with Jordan Peterson, and we just got so engrossed in our conversation that it was about an hour, and then we we wrapped up, and we continued to talk, and the control room finally said, guys, you have to leave the studio. Uh, It was a fascinating conversation with one of the greatest minds alive today. I'm going to go through a few of it. You'll be able to find this, uh, whole, uh, this whole interview with Jordan Peterson lasts about an hour. Uh, you'll find it on uh, YouTube, available tomorrow on the Glenn Beck YouTube channel, or you can uh, find it right now at The Blaze. But it is, it's fascinating. I was, I was trying to uh, find really, because he's a, psychi- a psychologist um, by training, trying to find the psychology behind what's happening to us right now why we're not standing why some people are why uh where does courage come from where does this mistaken belief of the collective over the individual how does that happen what do we have in common anymore we're going to cover some of those things with jordan peterson in 60 seconds the glenn beck program All right, lawn mowing season is upon us. There's nothing like getting on the back of your lawnmower and spending a couple of hours just mowing the lawn. Well, there is something better than that, spending maybe half of that time on the back of a lawnmower. And you can do that uh, if you just go to Hustler Turf and find a Hustler mower, a zero-turn mower. Now, zero-turn mowers will cut a football field. The 104-inch will cut a football field. I'm not kidding you, in 10 minutes. It's nuts. Uh, It'll cut your time out uh, on your lawn in about half. And Hustler Turf, you can buy other zero-turn lawnmowers, but these are the people that invented the zero-turn lawnmower. They made them for like 50 years for the industry, 
And finally, somebody said, you know, I bet people would really like this, you know, for their home. And so they started making them for the home, but they're made the same way. So what what was made to do eight hours every day, six days a week is now sitting in your garage doing you'll never I'll, I would bet you until they ban the gasoline engine. Uh, you'll never buy another lawnmower, maybe for generations. It is a great, tough lawnmower. It's Hustler. Find a Hustler dealership near you and take the hassle-free test drive right now. They'll help you select the lawn, the right lawnmower for your home, your application. Uh, and I encourage you to test drive others and then go to HustlerTurf.com and find a, uh, a Hustler dealer near you. you. It's HustlerTurf.com. That's HustlerTurf.com. So yesterday, spent some time with uh, Jordan Peterson. And if you listen to it, I don't even know if I was clear. Um... But we started at a very odd place. He even said, wow, I didn't expect that to be the first question. I talked to him a little bit about UFOs, and uh, he was not aware. We talked about it after the interview. He wasn't aware what the Pentagon is, is saying about UFOs, which is really odd how so many people have missed what's happening with the Pentagon. The Pentagon is now verifying UFOs. They're no longer saying, bah, it was a weather balloon. They're now saying, we can't explain this technology. No one on Earth has this technology. And they're going a step further. We have in our possession extraterrestrial vehicles and materials. What? It, it, is, it is so bizarre. So we started the conversation with why have we always looked to the skies and and seen UFOs? And quite frankly, I would I mean, if let's be honest, if you got up this morning and you turn on the show and I say, and I said to you with audio, uh, this just happened a few minutes ago. I've got to play the audio for you again if you missed it. And it's the president. And he steps up and he's like, you know what you want to know? And I said, okay, let me translate. Um, he said that just a few minutes ago, he met with a three-headed alien who said he was taking over the world, uh, but he's benevolent. Even if he wasn't benevolent, wouldn't you kind of go, oh, thank God. Seriously, the world is in so much trouble right now. Wouldn't you be relieved if you heard there were aliens and they were coming for us? <laughs> Maybe it's just me, but I believe, oh, I mean, they're, they've got to be smarter than us because they know how to get here. Uh, and maybe they've been here for a long time, you know, so they're not going to eat us. And quite honestly, even if they do make us into soup. I think that would be better than what we got coming. Uh, so we talked to him about that, and 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 the that led us to the the talk of meaning in life. How do we find meaning, and and how important is that? And the idea of redemption. Here's the part on redemption from the podcast. 
One of the first things I ever heard you talk about was relationship uh, in, a, in a kind of abstract way with God and how important uh, the redemptive story is. And uh, I so like the way you approach it because you don't know or maybe you do and you don't say, but you you don't uh, you don't profess that you are a, a believer, but you understand the importance to humans to be able to start again and have redemption. And we are destroying that now in in our culture, uh, you know, cancel culture, all of this stuff. It, critical race theory there is no redemption and that is yeah, well one of the things one of the things you're pointing to is that there's a there's an unrecognized danger of our technology i don't suppose it's entirely unrecognized but you know the miracle of memory is not that we remember the miracle of memory is that we forget Amen. and that we only remember what is necessary and because we can forget, we don't drag the past along with us, right? So we can mm -hmm. get free of the past. Like all you need is three sleepless nights to understand what kind of hell life would be if you couldn't dispense with the past. Because each night when you sleep, you dispense with that day. And and that renews you. And so that, that story of, 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 of descent into the depths and redemption, I mean, that's part of our natural biological rhythm. That's the descent into unconsciousness at night, into deep sleep, and then our reawakening in the morning. And that's associated with solar mythology, with the setting of the sun and the rising of the sun. All that's tangled together, but that definitely does renew us, and it enables us to start afresh in the morning. The problem with technology, a problem with technology, is that it's becoming increasingly difficult to shed our past. And without that, you can't redeem yourself. And that, that is a mistake. It is a problem because everyone makes mistakes and everyone mistake, makes mistakes all the time. And you might ask yourself, well, why isn't it appropriate for you to be crushed by the weight of your own stupidity, you know, given that it's immense and that you make all sorts of mistakes? Yeah, right. well, no one can live under those conditions. We need to be able to let go and to forget and to forgive. And we all need There's that. I've seen a uh, I've seen an interview. I think there's there's like four or eight people on Earth that have perfect recollection. And it is it's it's beyond just I remember they feel what they felt on any given day. You can tell them a date. They'll tell you the weather. They'll tell you what they were wearing, what was happening. And I saw an interview with one of them and they became very emotional because they're reliving it. And the people who have that gift or curse, uh, it's a curse. Yeah, some mm. some deal okay with it. The others are just crushed mm. by it. So that led us to interesting places. I I, I didn't want to talk to him about politics because I'm more concerned, really, with. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you, with what I do every day and what I say to you every day, how do I, how do I point out the trouble that is ahead? I've been doing this for 20 years and, um, it doesn't seem to really make an impact. Now, maybe it is impact impactful for you, but it doesn't feel like it to me. I, maybe it's because I started with a stupid idea that, you just show people the facts and they'll care. Well, no, because nobody believes anything anymore. Nobody knows who to trust, what to trust. 
we're arguing over actual facts now. I mean, we're so far away from reality. It's like we're watching a cartoon. We, 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 We don't connect with anything anymore. So how do we reconnect? How do we connect that just because there are so many people that don't see the dangers of what they're participating in? You know, it's it's. We know this from if you read the Bible, you, you you'll read one page and then three page later, three page later, uh, you'll 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 read the same story and you'll be like, wait a minute, this just happened to you. How did you not remember that led to your destruction? What is wrong with these people? Well, we know because we're living it now. You just say, well, it's different this time and it's not. So how do we get people to recognize that it's not different this time? It's the same thing, just different clothing. Like, you know, Nazism, if it comes back, it, it's it's not going to come back the same way. You know, it's not going to come in with a black, you know, boots and the and the armband and the swastika. I mean, you know, there are some that want that to come back that way. But most likely it's going to come back clothed differently, clothed in in patriotism, clothed in uh, uh, in righteousness and justice and fairness and God and all of that stuff. It always morphs to be able to get the most amount of people to go, yeah, that's right. And how do you stand up against it? And Jordan Peterson has been through hell and back. And so I asked him about courage and how do you, how do you stand up? How do you, what is in you that makes you Stand up and say, you know what? I I don't really care what anybody's going to do to me. This is right and this is wrong. And I'm going to stand up for what I believe is right. Listen to his answer. It's so attractive, right, to identify, to localize malevolence externally. It's so attractive because, first of all, it lets you off the hook. And that's a relief. Mm -hmm. And second, if you've identified malevolence, there's nothing you can do to what is malevolent that's unjustifable. Mm -hmm. And so your worst impulses have free reign. Because you especially if you can also you add to that a good cause, mm-hmm. you, know, you say, well, this is in the service of the eventual utopia. It's like, well, now you have carte blanche for your worst motivations. And that's very, very dangerous. And so I always think that it's better to to stick to the psychological, which. So here's what I think I want. I was trying to drive at was, you know, you see it in these big movie terms. People see it in big movie terms and you can't move. You know, you're you're either on this side or that side and you can't move and nobody moves. Nobody wants to recognize, you know, they're on the wrong side. Nobody's making a case. They're just killing each other. There is a growth of the reluctant hero in all stories. There is this arc of that hero and they they something happens and they change and they become heroic, but they're not heroes. And so many people don't think that they have what it takes. They're not the hero. And, and the people who are standing around are looking and s- s- just following the crowd. How do you get or what's happening to us to where so many people are seeing what's going on? If they know history at all, they'll understand the pitfalls. It doesn't mean we end in the same place, but we can see the patterns repeating. How do you get people to recognize and then have the courage 
to stand. You've taken a beating. Nobody wants to do that. Why is that worth it? And how do you get there? Well, I think it's worth it because the alternative, I believe the alternative is worse. I mean, that's that's why I think it's worth it. I think it's a decision that you make to stay silent when you have something to say. You know, you don't know what it is within you that 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 requires your voice, right? Because you feel I have something to say. It's like, well, where does that come from exactly? That feeling that you have something to say. You're disgruntled at work and you're choking on your own bile because the situation is not just in your estimation. You're dying to say something, but you won't. Well, you'll die if you don't say it. Maybe it's a death of a thousand cuts. I don't like deferred punishment. I'd rather take it now and keep the future clean, which is why I encourage people too, to have the fights now. Don't, to, to, not to hide things in the fog for later because they grow and metastasize. It's better to confront what you need to confront when it's small and when you have some possibility of victory. <clears throat> it's a fascinating conversation. <clears throat> it lasts about an hour. You can find it now on Blaze TV. Also uh, on my YouTube channel as early as tomorrow. So make sure you go. YouTube is being suppressed. My YouTube channel, I think. I mean, I I feel like it is. Uh, of course, I have no <laughs> no evidence of that. And and gosh, YouTube completely denies that. But uh, you'll have to go out and find it yourself. It's not going to be recommended to you. Uh, and share it with a friend. It's a fascinating conversation. And we talked a little bit about what's happening in education, both locally with critical race theory and the universities. The story he talked about of the universities was phenomenal. And I'll share that with you in 60 seconds. Margaret lives in Pennsylvania and she likes to do a lot of walking for exercise. I mean, I don't know, Margaret, why God put wheels on office chairs for a reason. Anyway, a while back, she started suffering acute and frequent pain in her legs and lower back. At first, it just kept her from the uh, exercise walking. Then gradually, she started having difficult just walking around at all, doing basic stuff every day. Frustrated and a little afraid of her future, Margaret decided to do something about it. She heard me talking. Hi, Margaret. She heard me talking about Relief Factor on the program. She ordered the three-week trial pack just to give it a try. Same story. Makes me happy to report that she got out of pain entirely out of it, according to Margaret. She said it just took a few weeks and she was back walking for exercise daily. She got her life back and so could you. I got my life back with Relief Factor. Get your life back. ReliefFactor.com, 800-583-84, 800-583-84. It's ReliefFactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. So Jordan Peterson had some amazing things to say about how bad it is in colleges. Don't send your kids. I told my kids the other day, there are three colleges you're allowed to apply to uh, and go. I mean, if you want dad to help you out on your college, you want to earn the money, you can go anywhere you want. You're an ad- you'll be an adult. But the three that I recommend and I will put money into uh, I feel confident that they're not going to make you into a zombie. Listen to what Jordan Peterson said about colleges. 
you want this more nuanced approach. And that was actually part of the purpose of a classical education. A humanities education was designed to give you a more nuanced view. That was its original purpose. Although that's, hmm. you know, sadly, I would Long say, gone. gone by the wayside. It looks like it. I've had these conversations recently that have been quite interesting. You know, they're very disturbing, actually. I talked to two of Canada's most outstanding people in the last two weeks, Conrad Black, who ran a huge newspaper empire, and um, Rex Murphy, who's probably Canada's best known journalist personality, because he's both. He's a great journalist, but he's a personality as well. And they remembered their university education. Uh, Jocko Willink as well. He's not a Canadian, but he had the same kind of memory. He talked about they talked about their, edu their education in the humanities, mostly concentrating on English literature, and described it with tremendous fondness as a turning point mm -hmm. in their life, as an opening up of, of the world of knowledge to, 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 yes. to their youthful eyes, right? Very, mm -hmm. very fondly. Contrasted that with Yeonmi Park, who was an escapee, is an escapee from North Korea, very brave woman who was then enslaved in China, had a life that was just sheer hell and spent a good part of the interview telling me how much better her life was than the lives of many people she knew. She wrote a book called In Order to Live. But the book stopped at the year 2015. So I asked her what she did. She went to Columbia, took a humanities degree, which was a dream of hers. After mm. finishing her high, her entire education in one year, her, you know, her, her education Holy prior to university. Cow. Right, exactly. Then she went to a South Korean university for three years. They're hard to get into. And then she went to Columbia. I said, what was it like going to Columbia? Taking a humanities degree from this escapee from totalitarianism who was once enslaved, got to go to one of America's august institutions and be trained in the humanities. Someone who'd been exposed to George Orwell and who was motivated to write because she read Animal Farm, understood the power of literature. She said it was a complete waste of time and money and that she was afraid to say anything. Wow. Yeah, wow. It's a hell of a thing to hear when you're a university professor. I thought, how catastrophic, how utterly catastrophic that that can be the case. She, she compared it to being in North Korea. I said, surely, surely there was one professor, one course. Do not miss a second of this podcast. You'll find it at YouTube, Glenn Beck, youtube.com slash Glenn Beck. Find it on my YouTube page. Listen to the whole thing. Share it with a friend. You can also find it right now if you're a subscriber to Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you a little bit about Rough Greens. Rebecca wrote in. She lives in Ohio. She said, I have a senior golden retriever. She got to the point where she wouldn't eat dog food of any type. Holy cow. Do I understand that? Um, she was beginning to lose weight. I started making dog food at home, but I was concerned that she wasn't getting all the nutrients she needs. I am uh, on the uh, week two of the 14-day trial. She's eating again. And now she licks the bowl for any remaining rough greens. So far, so good. Thank you, rough greens. If, if you have a picky eater, this thing is a miracle. It doesn't work for every dog. I mean, uh, you know, they want to make sure that your dog will eat it before you, you know, order a full bag of rough greens. So they'll send you the first bag free. It's just a little trial bag. You just try it for a couple of days. If your dog will eat it, then order a real bag and put it on the dog food. And it'll transform, A, a picky eater 
But now, Rebecca, you've only done it for two weeks. Watch him over the next two months. You are going to meet an entirely different dog. It's Rough Greens. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. 833-GLEN33. Don't forget to use the promo code GLEN for $10 off your subscription at blazetv.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. It's Friday. Every day it's becoming easier and easier for me to show you examples of people standing up and doing the right thing and people with great courage. I'm not sure I have talked to somebody who has as much courage as uh, Jeanette uh, Shada. Jeanette is living in Beaverton, Oregon, you know, the Portland area. And she is running for school board and fighting against critical race theory in the schools. When you have Antifa threatening to kill your mayor, uh, wow, the last place I want to be is in the center of that and in politics. She is running now uh, for the um, Beaverton School Board. She's a candidate with the platform of anti-critical race theory. She was a high school English teacher at a charter school, 95% minority students. Uh, she is certified to teach English as a second language as well. She tutors students. She has worked uh, as a teacher's assistant, a group home, foster youth, substitute, K-12 through school, blah, 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 blah. She's an accomplished teacher. She joins us now. Welcome, uh, Jeanette. Hi, Glenn. Thank you for having me on your show. Why? What what has given you the courage to be able to do this? Well, it started out with the school district not properly um, working with my son who has a 504 plan and some mental health issues. And so I pulled him out of the Beaverton schools uh, one week before Governor Brown um, put the shutdown on everybody because of covid and it was just to get his grades up. He, we moved from Texas just a few months prior to that. And he went from a straight A student to an F student and skipping school regularly because he didn't feel like he belonged and they weren't servicing mm-hmm. his 504, and, uh, which is against the law. Um, so as time went on, of course, we're on lockdowns. He wants to go back to a campus and I can't mm-hmm. let him go back to a campus because schools are shut down. So along came December and uh, this opportunity came up. I was actually thinking of going back in the classroom because I did renew my teaching credential here in Oregon. I originally got my credential in Oregon many years ago. And I um, uh, decided to run. I I prayed about it. And this is the direction that, that I'm supposed to go. And then when we were deciding on my platform, um, I knew about critical race theory. I knew about comprehensive sexuality education. And um, I decided to run against them. I knew it was going to cause controversy, but wow, I did not know Antifa was going to start going after me. Um, There's one person in Antifa who uh, went on my Facebook page. I received a $1,000 donation from a gentleman named Ben Edel with Free Oregon. And... Mm -hmm. They started blaming me, taking money from Proud Boys, and Ben has nothing to do with the Proud Boys. He is a very uh, upstanding citizen who lost his business in downtown Portland due to Antifa riots, 
and due to uh, the sh- shutdown of Governor Brown. That is still occurring to this day. People don't understand we're still shut down in Oregon big time. And um, so Antifa started coming after me, and that just put the firestorm. And that was about two weeks ago. But, you know, when you have bullies um, threatening you, calling you all hours of the night, um, leaving nasty messages all over your Facebook page, what do you do? You stand up to them. And that's what I taught my students. For 23 years, I've been in education. You stand up to your bullies, and you face them down, and you say, no, you're not going to silence me. I am a human being. I deserve to have my voice heard just like you do. And if you don't like my platform, then that's okay. But we cannot have critical race theory in our schools. It is teaching racism. They're trying to get rid of racism with racism. That makes absolutely no sense to me. So that's why I decided to run. And um, it was going really well until two weeks ago. And then the teachers union started coming after me with some teachers who are staunch mm-hmm. teachers union advocates. And then one of the teachers there got a hold of one of their, her Antifa friends. And that's where the firestorm started. So now they steal my yard signs. They call me all these nasty names. And um, I'm standing strong. I'm standing against them, and people are tired. I'm out talking to people, either on the phone, through email, face-to-face at the door, and people want change. They do not want critical race theories in the, in the classroom. I had one young lady two days ago tell me she has a one- and four-year-old, and she um, wants her kids to be safe in school. She wants them to learn correct history. She wants them to be little kids, you know, learning the basics of reading, writing, arithmetic, art, music. And that's what schools are meant to be, educational facilities and not ideological camps where propaganda is pushed. And I've been in education long enough to know um, that what we're currently having is not okay. It was in the colleges. And now we have a whole generation of teachers who are indoctrinated in this. And so they brought it down to the K through 12 system and we have to stand up and fight. We cannot be silent anymore um, or our whole country is going to be in peril. We're talking to Jeanette uh, Shada. She is running for school board um, up in the, uh, in Beaverton, up in the uh, Portland area. Jeanette, uh, first of all, is your family safe? I believe so. Um, I We have to be extra vigilant, of course, because Antifa um, has made some veiled threats, um, both through Facebook and through phone calls. Um, I have called the police, but they basically said unless something happens, there's nothing they can do, which is very interesting. Um, I, I support the police 100%, but it's unfortunate with how volatile Antifa is, and you just don't know what's going to happen. I'm not scared for my safety. I still go out. I still uh, block walk. I still um, do sine waves. Just Wednesday, I was doing sine waves um, on a busy intersection in in Beaverton, and uh, the same person who put out the information uh, to start this firestorm put out another post saying, oh, Jeanette Shada is standing on this corner. Go to her. So about five Black Lives Matter people showed up, um, but we stood there anyway. And I actually talked with them. One was a 13-year-old girl, and, you know, she, she's been indoctrinated in this stuff, and it's unfortunate. They wanted to yell at me after, uh, you know, we, had a, we actually had a pretty decent conversation until 
I told them that they really need to learn the true history of the United States. And then they started yelling at me about how this mm-hmm. country is built on the backs of slaves and things like that. And I said, well, that's your opinion. And I, I stood there. Our event was 4.30 to 6.30. They showed up about 6 o'clock. And we stayed till 630 because I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to run away. Um, There are people who are human beings. Good for you. Um, Before we go any further, I want to make sure we get to this. Do you have enough volunteers? I don't even know how many listeners we have in in the Beaverton area, but do you have enough volunteers? Are you looking for donations? How can this audience help you? Yeah, if you go to buildbackbasics.com, you can donate there. Um, I am always looking for volunteers. I have a great volunteer um, team right now, and we have been pushing hard ever since February, and we're still pushing hard. Um, I received uh, 15 new volunteer submissions over the last week, and I do talk to every single one of them um, to make sure, you know, they're their heart is in it and um, because it takes courage to stand and do this. Even when I've been in the local news and they've seen um, the nastiness on Facebook from people, some of these people are teachers that are teaching your children, you know, they're making these vile, nasty comments. And I'm just like, come on people, this is America. You know, if you don't like my platform, then go to the ballot box and vote, but you don't need the vitriol. Um, here, but buildbackbasics.com is where people can go to learn more. And uh, I do answer my phone. Um, I, now I, I let it go to voicemail a lot because I don't know the phone numbers, but I will call back mm-hmm. and people are surprised that it's me and not somebody else because I don't have a campaign manager. I'm, I'm managing my campaign. I have a very good media team that I hired um, who's handling the social media side. But um, other than that, I, it's I don't, uh, me I and don't, a few people that are backing me. I don't know if you have followed what happened in South Lake, Texas, but there's a national story about it again today. In South Lake, Texas, we had the same exact thing, and the city was yeah. kind of asleep and uh, just didn't think that critical race theory was uh, was a big deal. And then they started be calling, you know, some parents were called racist for bringing up, wait a minute, what are we teaching here? Uh, And the election, because of the strong pushback, the election uh, went in favor of those who were questioning and wanted critical race theory out. There were three board members uh, that were voted in new on the on your platform, and they won Mm -hmm. 70 to 30. Uh, And I thought that was pretty amazing. That was a county that voted for Joe Biden, by the way. Yeah, and I've been following that story, and that goes to show the silent majority. They are tired of this. Like I said, I'm out there um, campaigning every day and talking with people, and so are my volunteers and the stories that come in. People are so tired of this. They're afraid for their children to be indoctrinated with this false narrative of if you're born white, that you are inherently racist and if you are born of a um, brown or black skin that you are a victim of the system no i taught kids of all races all nationalities all languages and what i taught them is they are excellent human beings and have every opportunity in the world to pull themselves up i had one gentleman named pierre um when i worked in texas at the alternative campus he was in a gang life he was half black half white 
And he came to me with tears down his face, not knowing what to do. He has a two-year-old, well, at the time, he had a two-year-old little girl. And um, I helped him find the opportunity to pull out to make sure that he had a better life than what his parents gave him because his parents were gang and gangs and drug dealers. And he didn't want that for himself. These kids are crying out. They want supportive adults there for them. And in America, underneath the Constitution of the United States, it's equality for all. That means we all have the opportunity to grasp onto something positive and make things of it. Yes, this country had slavery. Yes, we had racism. But you know what? The civil rights movement, well, the Civil War, you know, we pulled out of slavery there. And even before then, the founding fathers didn't want slavery here. They tried to get rid of it in the Articles of Confederation. And then the civil rights movement with Martin Luther King Jr., judge a person by the content of the character, not an immutable quality like skin color, a God-given gift that we all have. And um, now critical race theory is making a U-turn and going pre-civil rights and reinstitutionalizing racism doing the exact opposite of what it's what they're claiming it's meant to do. Jeanette, you give me great hope, and I hope there are more teachers out there and more parents out there like you that are willing to do the tough thing. You are in really uh, a dangerous situation, and we will keep you in our prayers. I would ask everybody who prays in this audience to put uh, Jeanette on her on your prayer list. Um, but uh, I, I congratulate you i uh, your election is coming up i think in what next week or the week after yeah may 18th is the last uh day by eight o'clock um but that doesn't end there when myself sarah lynn and fua get on the school board because we're running together on the same platform when we get onto the school board um that's when the real work begins because we have to undo a lot of what the superintendent rotting and this current school board has done. Um, and, and we need to get schools back to being educational facilities and not indoctrination camps that they're becoming. And everybody needs to stand up and have a voice in that. I am so glad to know you. We will call you the day after the election and hopefully have you on the, sh- on the show uh, as a victor. Um, congratulations and thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, uh, from even my family. I know they're not going to be affected directly uh, with what you're doing, but my family will be directed by your courage of standing. And I thank you so much for that, Jeanette. Um, thank that you, is, Glenn, uh, I appreciate it. That is uh, Jeanette Shada. You can find her at her website, buildbackbasics.com. All right. Let me take a minute and ask you to really think about where you see yourself in the, and your family in the next year, financially and otherwise. Okay. <laughs> kind of hard to predict, isn't it? It's, I mean, we are, that's why so many people are holding on to money. Others are just going to the casino and blowing all of the money. But um, so many people are putting it in their bank account because you can't, you don't know. All right. When you don't know, you save money. American financing will help you do just that. And I mean a lot of money. If you can refinance your mortgage, even if you're at 4%, if you can refinance your mortgage and get it down into the twos, it's going to it'll be game-changing for your finances. If you roll in, if you have a lot of credit card debt and it's, you know, 10% interest or higher, 
if you roll that in to your mortgage without resetting your mortgage, you're going to save hundreds, if not thousands or thousands of dollars every single month, depending on how much money you have in credit card bills. Please call American Financing. Do it today. See if they can help you. It's a locally owned and operated. It's a family business. Uh, I mean, they're coast to coast now, but it's still a family business with family values. 800-906-2440-800-906-2440 or go to AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is the Glenn Beck Program. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Bill O'Reilly is coming up in just a few minutes, and we we have to share uh, the the chairman of the Joint Chiefs talking about that uh, uh, the Chinese rocket launcher crashing to Earth. <laughs> yeah, there's not really. We don't have any plans. Uh, no. You know, if it's going to come over the United States and hit us, are we going to blow it out of the sky? No, nah, we don't have any plans. We have plans for that. We're hoping that it's going to land in the ocean. Yeah, we're oh. hoping. Or someplace we're like hope- that. Right, okay, okay. Mm. All right, well, I'm hoping that the country doesn't <laughs> collapse under this pressure, too, but I think we should do something about it. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, I want to talk to you about American financing. Uh, American finance. I'm hearing in my ear it has to be real estate agents I trust. Well, okay, if you demand it, Sarah. Uh, real estate agents I uh, I trust. This is a group that I started five, six, seven years ago uh, with uh, my brother. He's the, he's not actually my brother, but we've he lived with us as growing up as kids, so we look at each other as brothers, and we had the same problem trying to find a really good real estate agent that could get the job done. At the time, I was working with what the Wall Street Journal said, the 500 best real estate agents in the country, and I started talking to them. How do you do your job? How does somebody find a good real estate agent? Many of these agents are in our network now, um, but uh, we use that kind of thinking uh, to go look and interview real estate agents so you can at least have it narrowed down in your area. And if you're looking for a real estate agent, either to buy or sell your house, you've got to have the best one. So go to realestateagentsitrust.com, find the ones we deem are the best in your area, and interview them yourself. Maybe you disagree, but we really have done our homework on these people, and we really think they're the best in your area. Realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're a regular listener to this program, you know at this time on Friday, it means Bill O'Reilly. He's next because it is Friday, America. The Glenn Beck Program. Alrighty then. Let me tell you about Relief Factor. I don't know what's keeping you from doing the things that you want to do. Um, but uh, first of all, if you're not in pain, if you're young, don't wait to do them. You know, someday I'm going to don't wait to do them because things change. And quite honestly, getting old sucks beyond belief. It really sucks. Uh, and then you get old and all of a sudden you're like, I can't do that anymore because I can't move and I'm only 45. Uh, if you are in pain, would you please just try Relief Factor? This is something that I didn't recommend. It was an advertiser on our with our company, with The Blaze, for years And I never recommended it because I didn't take it. And they asked me over and over and over again, 
you know, would you recommend this? No. Well, my wife just got fed up with me hearing me whine about pain for, you know, I mean, she can only take so much. Uh, and she said, you got to try this. You s- try everything. Try this. And I'm like, it's not going to work. It works on inflammation. I've already tried ibuprofen 800. I'm practically a drug addict with that. And it does nothing. I didn't think this would work. I tried it for three weeks because 70% of the people who try it, you'll know in three weeks it's going to work for you or it's not. I honestly thought I would be part of the 30%. I wasn't. I've been taking it ever since. Just, just try it. Get out of pain. Try it. Three-week quick starts, 1995. See if you're part of the 70%. Even if you think you're going to be part of the 30%, you never know. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. Well... I finally got the fight against organized crime in America. <laughs> Came out this week. I had to go out and buy it myself. Um, Bill O'Reilly would just wouldn't. He refused to send me a copy so I could read it in advance. Um, but I hear it's really good, Bill. How are sales? How are things on uh, Killing the Mob? Well, we hit number three on Amazon, so we're streaking there. It came out on Tuesday. We sent Glenn Beck at least seven copies, but his staff apparently ah. pofered them um, <laughs> because Beck is. Wrong, I've got. You know. I I have all seven copies. I have all yeah, I seven copies. I and was you just... actually read this book, Beck. I know you read it. I did. It's I did. Very entertaining, and you learned a lot. And give me credit where credit is due. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, but I, are you there? Bill, I, can I you hear think me? So I'm, I'm here. Yes. Okay. Why are you being so, weird? Um, so I'd love to have you on next week. Uh, and it was my fault that we didn't have you on this week. But could we have you on next week just for an hour just talking about this book? Absolutely. That's very kind of you. Very kind of yeah, you. Yeah. And I do apologize for not doing it this week. I, I, I don't know what happened. No, no, no. It just kind of got that's away fine. from me. Um, all right. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about killing the mob in a second. But, uh, but first, what is the big story of the week to you, Bill? I think the uh, bad economy news today, um, because this is the linchpin of whether the progressive movement uh, gains even more power in America than it has um, and the news today was not good. So uh, take us know, through it. T- um, well, let's start with um, Joe Biden visiting Jimmy Carter last week. I was actually oh happy that happened because um, I don't know whether you know this or not, but Bill Clinton and Barack Obama totally ignored Jimmy Carter. They didn't want yes. to be, he was radioactive. They didn't want to be seen with him. Yes. They didn't talk to him. Yes. And, and whether you like Carter or not, he's a patriot. He did a lot of good work for Habitat of Humanity, mm. as everybody knows. So I, I'm I, sure, I, I think thought, he's actually a nice guy. I think he's probably a very nice man. He was never nice to me, but he's probably really because a, a lot of people mean to me. Um, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> Carter, in my lifetime, uh, and your lifetime back because our lifetimes coincide mm-hmm, um, was mm-hmm. the worst president for the economy. It, it was Herbert Hoover all over again with Carter. Yeah. I mean, every yeah. blanket mistake you could make. And there were yeah. gas lines and inflation and high interest rates and unemployment. It was horrible. 
Okay. So now I am predicting that absolutely could happen with Joe Biden. In fact, I didn't, I'm not privy to the conversation, but I think Mr. Biden said, look, how can I screw up this economy? Can you just tell me how you did it, uh, Jimmy? Can you uh, refresh <laughs> my refresh my memory when nobody could afford heating oil? It, it, what was the, it was, everybody should just wear a sweater. That was it, right? Yeah, I mean, we were sweatering. What happened was that, that the Middle East did not respect Jimmy Carter at all. And the Saudis didn't like him, and they formed OPEC. That's when OPEC started. And the Saudis basically told the United States, we're not going to give you as much oil as you want. We'll dole it out to you the way we see fit. And that caused gas and heating oil shortages so that Americans actually had to get in their car and wait for hours to fill up their tank. I remember tank. it. Okay. I remember. And then when it, yeah. you wanted to get heating oil, those deliveries did not come on a regular basis because the heating oil companies didn't have the heating oil. And by the I way, mean, you didn't only have to oil. land you didn't have to just wait in line. You had even in odd license plate days. So if your license yes. plate ended in an even number, you could go on Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday and odd on the other days. It, it was insanity, truly insanity. Right. So now we have a president of the United States who's basically saying, look, I'm going to try to spend trillions of dollars that we don't have. All right. It would be like your wife walking in back and saying, you know, I'm going to I'm going to give all of our money to Bolivia and, and even more than we have. I'm just going to send right. everything right. to Bolivia. All right. And you're right. going, no, that's not fiscally sound. That's what right. Biden's doing. I mean, he's looking into the camera and he's going, I got $6 trillion that I want to spend because we're going to wipe out global warming. And you go, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 China's building coal plants. Do you not understand that? So whatever we do is going to be negated by what China does. And there's Joe with the sunglasses on, you know. And then he's basically saying, we want to control the economy from Washington, not the private right. sector that created all these jobs under Trump, okay, we're not going to, no, no, we're going to tax them as far as we can. But not only that, if you buy stocks, which helps corporate America, all right, expand R&D, all of that, we're going to tax you 50% if, you are, if your assets are over $1 million. So, well, the big players in the market, of course their assets are over 50%. So now you take a chance because the stock might go down. But if you win, Joe wants 50 percent. All right. So this is about as economically unsound as anybody could be. There isn't any economist except the New York Times people. And, you know, they're not really economists. They're communists saying, oh, this is good. All right. So nobody everybody knows this is bad, bad for the economy. All right. But Joe's going to send you money. He's going to send you a check. We're going to, yeah, yeah. You're going to this twelve hundred here, and so two states, Montana and South Carolina, basically said we can't mm -hmm. now fill the jobs we have because people are getting so much money from Joe, they won't work. Yeah, it won't work. All right, so we're cutting that off. So if you live in Montana or South Carolina, you won't get this stimulus money anymore because those states are saying it's insane you're creating a welfare state which is exactly yep. 
what Biden exactly. is doing. That's the big story so, of the week. So let me ask you this, because I, I came out with this, I think, on Monday or Tuesday. I don't know if you saw the latest from uh, Bank of America, um, but they they talked about their, you know, the um, uh, investor calls. And all of these CEOs are talking about, you know, why their company is doing well and what the and and the mentions of inflation were up week to week on those investor calls by eight hundred percent. It is the highest uh, on recorded in recorded history of a spike in inflation uh, talks about why we're not going to have the quarter we were going to. Um, and, And so Bank of America wrote this and I want to quote this to you. Inflation trends running hot as margins hit record highs. The mentions of inflation quadrupled year after year after last week's mentioned had jumped nearly 800 percent year over year. On an absolute basis, mentions skyrocketed, skyrocketed to record highs, pointing to, at the very least, transitory hyperinflation ahead. What do you think? I'm not smart enough to digest uh, anything you have said in the last 30 seconds. Uh, I'm a simple man. (laughs) All right, right, right. My math math is ridiculous, but I want to tell you two things, all right? So I go to the gas station, and I put the little nozzle in my car. I can do that. It took me two years to figure out how to do it, but I can do it now. (laughs) All right? Okay. A hundred days ago... I was paying a dollar less a gallon than I'm paying now. All right, so I'm paying a dollar more on Long Island for every gallon of gas that I put in my car. And I, I'm doing self-serve here. I'm not having some guy named Lenny put the stuff in my car. It's me. And when I go to the grocery store, which I don't do very much, I have to confess, but I pay the bill, groceries here are up about 25% back All right. So gas is going up. Groceries are going up. I understand home building materials are going to go up. That's what inflation (laughs) is. Okay. Yep. So what you could buy 100 days ago for $1.82 a gallon is now $2.82 a gallon. So even the the, hang on, hang on. Go ahead. They I know they feel it. But here's what Biden says. Biden's administration is saying that's just because of COVID. People weren't making things, and so that's why things are going yeah. so high. It has nothing to do with money supply. Do you uh, believe that? I think we had COVID for uh, just about a year since before Joe was inaugurated, I think. And we didn't have this. So I'm just a simple man, but I go, oh, didn't COVID start about February 2020? Yeah. Yeah, but people well, weren't buying things, Bill. They weren't buying uh, things, and they had lots of supply on the shelves. I was buying stuff. I bought gas. I know. And I bought food. See, you need food to live, Beck. See, that you had to buy food even if COVID was there because you'll die if you don't eat. Look, all I'm trying to tell you is this. Joe Biden does not have a blanking clue about how to run this country. And that is not a partisan statement or an ideological statement or a party statement. And I am going to tell you, I know you have to take a break and, and sell uh, lots of stuff because everybody wants a sponsor on the uh, Glenn Beck program. But when we come back, I'm going to tell you why organized criminals, mafia chieftains, love Joe Biden. 60 seconds away from that relief factor. 
Uh, yeah, we we uh, need to tell you about Relief Factor. Margaret lives in Pennsylvania. She likes to do a lot of walking for uh, exercise. Uh, and she, you know, she is somebody who is looking at how do I get better? How do I get better? She had problems in her lower back and her legs. She just kept you know, walking. Uh, and then she couldn't. She couldn't even really get around and do any kind of daily chores. She was scared about her future. She started to take some relief factor. She heard about it on this program, and now her pain is gone. She says, quote, within a few weeks, I was back to walking for exercise every day. She got her life back. You can, too. Relief Factor, not a drug, but developed by doctors, and 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. 800-583-84. 800-583-84. 10 seconds. Station ID. Yes, I'm sorry. Bill O'Reilly. So why does the mob love Joe Biden? Okay, so um, killing the mob is a uh, history of organized crime, and we take you right up to the present moment. So 100 days ago, when Joe Biden came in, the first thing he did was knock out all the border protections that Donald Trump had installed. It took Trump three years to get the border under control. He finally did. All right. In a, a day. Biden knocked out all the border protections, stopped the building of the wall, and basically stopped people from um, being confined to Mexico. They could come across. In that time, 400,000 migrants have arrived in the, New York, in the United States illegally. Now, some of those want asylum, but it's 400,000. Just picture that. From Brownsville to San Diego, 400,000 foreign nationals are here in 100 days. What that did was it diverted all of the Border Patrol's attention and every other federal agency on the border to care for those people, to feed them, to shelter them, to process them. So what then was that was lacking? Drug interdiction. That was left to the side because all of the people in charge of the drug interdiction had to be used to help the migrants. Are you with me so far? Yep, yep. The result I, I, of that... I, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I, I think you could go a step further. Not only no, is am, nobody paying attention... Oh, okay, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. So all of the resources that were used under the Trump administration to stop narcotics from coming to the United States were gone. The result was a flood of fentanyl, heroin, methamphetamine, and cocaine into this country. Who controls the distribution of those drugs to the areas of the countries? The mafia still controls all of it. The deal organized crime, American organized crime has with the Mexican cartels is you make it, you ship it, but you don't come here. See, there are no Mexican cartels here in the United States because the American mobsters will not permit it. The American mobsters never see the drugs. They franchise the drugs out to drug gangs. These are the people murdering children in Chicago, New York, L.A., and every other big city. Okay? They are the ones that retail the drugs to the addicts on the street. The mafia doesn't see that, but the mafia controls that. They allow the drug gangs to operate, and the drug gangs then pay them 
an enormous amount of money for the privilege of selling drugs in Harlem or in Bed-Stuy or in Compton, California. That's how it works. So today, there's more drugs in the USA than at any other time in history, and the mafia chieftains love Biden because Biden has an open border policy. There you go. Let me ask, let me ask you this. Um, the, first of all, there's also the benefit directly to the cartels, not necessarily the U.S. mob, but the cartels, because right. they're making about $14 million a day on human trafficking across the border. So there's another boom industry change. for them. The human trafficking is chump change compared to what they make um, importing hard drugs into this country. Right. Hard drugs is a billion-dollar industry. All of our social problems, right, the opioid crisis, organized crime. Homeless, organized crime. Who do you think these homeless people are? They're drug addicts. They can't work. They can't pay a mortgage. They have to sit out there. And they want to sit out there, many of them, and get high all day long. You say, how about some rehab? They look at you like, you know, come on. Not all of them. Some of them want to improve, but a lot of them don't. Well, that's all drug-related. Violent crime, through the roof, murders. You report it, I report it. What is that? Who are doing that? The drug gangs are doing it. It's not Bonnie and Clyde walking out of their house machine gunning people down. It's drug gangs in the poor Why were we willing... Why were we willing to look at uh, the mobsters uh, in the 1930s uh, and not willing to look at the drug gangs today? Because there's a race component today. So I did a search on BillOReilly.com. As you know, we do the no-spin news every night. I told my crack staff, find me one article, one, that explains the massive amount of narcotics that are being shipped into the United States since Joe Biden is president. Not one. No local reporting, no national reporting, nothing. I'm the guy that's reporting it. I'm the guy. Now, you ask a very good question, Beck. Why, why did organized crime get all the headlines in the past, but now we don't hear anything about it? Because the organized crime industry is narcotics. They do a little sports betting. They do a little prostitution. They own the porn industry. Yeah, but that's not what they really do. And the narcotics are centered in the inner cities. So there's a racial component there. The murders in Chicago are 90% African-American. Right. That's why nothing's done. Nothing's discussed. They don't want it. They don't they won't do it. It's too explosive for the press to cover it. And the politicians forget it. Forget it. I mean, they have no clue. They don't care. And it's just business as usual. And so I want to uh, I, I want to ask you, I have to take another break, but when we come back, I want to talk to you about um, the labor unions and what uh, Biden is doing with the labor unions. I mean, it is I've never seen anything like I don't even know if FDR was did it did as much for the labor unions as Joe Biden is. And historically, the labor unions have been run by the mob. Are they still, and what does that mean? More with Bill O'Reilly coming up in just a second. By the way, his new book is called Killing the Mob. It's a fantastic history book. You'll love it. Bill O'Reilly, Killing the Mob. It's available wherever you buy books today. 
And dope. This is dope. the Glenn Beck program. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. Here's yeah. a word of wisdom for you. Beware of tax preparers who won't sign their name to their taxes, to your taxes after doing them. They could be, sometimes are, cyber criminals stealing your information for personal gain. The cyber criminals wear a lot of hats, and they're constantly updating and changing their schemes. As a result, it is really easy to fall for some of these these nefarious plans. It's important to understand that cybercrime is changing all the time, and there's no way you could keep up with it. I mean, there's no way any company or anybody can keep up with it. Your bank is probably just watching your credit cards. That's that. that well, there's one. LifeLock is the best on the market, but they can't cover everything. Nobody can stop all of it. But they've been in the business forever, and they are looking for the things that, if you're just monitoring your credit, you're definitely going to miss. Now, because it's changing all the time, they may miss something, and that's why they have a specialized restoration specialist, a team dedicated. If you become a victim, that is really worth its weight in gold. LifeLock.com, promo code back 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Check out my show, Pat Gray Unleashed, every day, 7 to 9 a.m., right before this show, or anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts. This is the Gladbeck program. We welcome back because it's Friday, Mr. Bill O'Reilly. We've been talking about the news of the week. Uh, he also has his new book out, Killing the Mob. It is available everywhere now. It's already three, number three on uh, Amazon, uh, probably ahead of, you know, some coloring book or something that is always number one. Um, but uh, it, it's a great book. It's all about the history of the mob in America. And you'll understand uh, not only our history, but you'll understand today's America a lot more. Uh, Killing the Mob by Bill O'Reilly. Bill. Uh, before the break, we were talking about the cartels and the mob here and what's happening on the border. Let me take you to the mob in the labor unions. And we have now this push for labor unions, unlike I've seen at any time in my life. I remember in the 70s when labor unions were being pushed, um, but it w- there, was, there was an outcry for some of those labor unions uh, back then by regular people, or so it seemed to me, you know, I was, I was younger, um, and so it seemed to me just watching things that there was some call for labor unions because it was out of balance. Right now, Americans do not want labor unions, and they are we are being smothered by very powerful labor unions like the teachers union connections to the mob some unions uh in the united states of trump um i have a big chapter on how uh president trump when he was a businessman in new york had to deal with the concrete union that put up his buildings and that was a mafia run operation and trump admits it he says i had these guys in my office and i had to negotiate with them because they ran the union in uh, Killing the Mob, I take you minute by minute through the assassination of Jimmy Hoffa, the Teamsters Union boss who was mobbed up. But today, some mobs are compromised because of the pension funds, of course. There are billions of dollars in those funds. Pension funds uh, and unions were uh, used to build Las Vegas. That whole city was built mm-hmm. on mob pension mm-hmm. fund money. Um, the teachers unions in America very powerful. And um, what the Biden administration, Democratic Party, uh, is doing is putting together a coalition 
of union workers, of African Americans, of other minority people, and of white liberals, particularly women. And that coalition gave them power. That defeated Donald Trump, and they want to enhance that coalition, and unions are a part of that. That is why you're seeing all the goodies being given to the unions. And even if the unions hurt the the folks, the United States, as the teachers' unions are certainly doing with COVID, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The Democratic Party are going to enhance their power as much as possible. Um, Bill, there's one story that uh, we covered this week, and I I don't think anybody else was covering it. And and I highly recommend it to you, especially because of unions and mob connections. Um, But uh, a little known uh, uh, benefit for the United States uh, Federal Reserve uh, and I guess for the labor unions in some way or another is in covid emergency relief. I was wondering who is going to bail out the Fed. I mean, you know, everybody's too big to fail. The Fed has nine trillion dollars now on their balance sheet. How are they going to get rid of that? How are they going to sell all of those bonds when nobody is buying? Apparently, in the covid uh, relief they're now the Fed is now allowed to sell to anyone where they couldn't do that before. So now they can sell to anyone on the open market. Well, guess who is now required as of 2022 to invest one third of their pension funds in Treasury bills? The unions. What? Cozy little cozy little loop. Yeah, total scam. scam. It's a scam. Total scam. I mean, because we are now on the, the hook for the pensions yes. too. This is how the federal government works. All right. So whoever has power tries to engineer things behind the scenes to keep power to get more power. So if the unions are supporting the Democratic Party and there are billions of dollars to be invested, why not invest it in the Democratic Party? which would be the Fed right now, because the Fed has Mm -hmm. to prop up or at least try the Biden administration's economic policies. Um, So this is like always been there, but now it's on steroids because nobody watches. See, the diminishment of the press, the corruption of the corporate media um, has led to more and more and more corruption on the part of the federal government because nobody's watching them. They don't watch them. And and so they can do what they want to do. I mean, organized crime was able to, to assemble more power than any other entity in the United States from 1946 to 1962 because there was not one federal agency investigating them. J. Edgar Hoover refused to do it because the mob had stuff on Hoover. So they ran wild. And it's the same thing now with the politicians. If you're a liberal Democrat, no one is going to report on you. And I go back to this horrendous drug border situation that not one reporter has even mentioned. Mm-hmm. So we're living in a corrupt country right now, Beck. The country okay, so is corrupt. I know. I know, unfortunately. And I think that we are we are losing our FBI. I talked to a former FBI agent uh, just this week off the air. And he said, for the first time in my life, I see what's going on inside the FBI and the Justice Department, and I am afraid there is no justice 
in the country that if you are on the wrong side of whoever is now in charge, that they will use the Justice Department and the FBI and they will they'll get you if they want. Yeah, that's, that, that's terrifying. Yeah, yeah, the FBI yeah, chief is terrifying. Merrick Garland. Now, Merrick Garland yep. is a party apparatchnik. He always has been. Um, now, you can make the same charge to William Barr, but Barr really hosed Trump. He, yeah, he, did, he did in the end. He did. All right. Yep. He hosed yep. him. All right. Now, Merrick Garland, he's going to do what the Trump, uh, not the Trump, the Biden people tell him to do. Not Joe Biden. Again, I'll go back to the president. He doesn't know what's going on. He, yeah. he has no capacity. This is a understand. this is a machine. This is a machine. Right. Let me let me switch topics before we run out of time. Sure. The, the Chinese rocket launcher crashing to Earth. I want to play something from the U.S. military, the same military that, uh, you know, came out uh, this week. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs. One of the key strengths of our military is diversity. Our CIA released a, a recruiting video that was all about being woke and, uh, you know, a cisgender person that has an anxiety disorder, strangely, but I'm now working for the CIA. Uh, this is what our military said about this gigantic rocket launcher that is falling to earth and would be catastrophic if it lands on population listen to this both of you what what is the uh, latest estimate of when and where this chinese rocket will come down do you consider it a potential threat to the u.s and do you have a plan for shooting it down if necessary Thanks, David. Um, the latest estimates estimates that I've seen is somewhere between the eighth and ninth. Uh, you know, and, and uh, the experts are still working on that. Uh, at this point, we, we we don't have a plan to shoot the the rocket down. We're hopeful that that it will land in uh, in a place where it won't uh, won't harm anyone. Uh, hopefully, in the ocean or, or someplace like that. Now, Bill. <laughs> I'm hopeful that the, everything the Chinese military says about coming after the United States, I'm hopeful that that's just fantasy. But I think we should prepare. What does that say about our military and our state of preparedness? Well, I don't think they can shoot down a stupid rocket anyway, even if they wanted to. But uh, I, I love the guy's demeanor. I mean, you know, uh, we hope it falls in the ocean or some place like that. <laughs> what? I mean, a, a lake? I mean, it, yeah, well, or or Australia right. or Australia, yeah, I mean, right. someplace like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we're all just going to have to take our chances here, which, of course, increases the anxiety disorder that I have. I you know, forget about the CIA, um, because it's becoming apparent to me that the Biden administration, they're not hiring the best and brightest. Are you getting that feeling? Mm-hmm. Back? Yes. Yeah, yes, they're, 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 yes. Guys are in charge of, well, um, we really don't know where it's going to go, and we hope it goes someplace like the ocean, but maybe a lake <laughs> would be okay. <laughs> All right. Hang on. One, one last question for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next, next week, Wednesday, yes. New York opens again the yeah. new york times wrote a story about 
It's coming so fast. I don't know what to do. People are panicking. Uh, uh, Can we still wear our masks? How do we deal with this? What is it going to be like in New York next week? Well, people are going to still wear the mask back because most of them are breaking into stores and stealing stuff. So the mask hides their identity, right? Right, that, right, yeah, right. We don't have a mask problem here because most of the people are masked up so they can commit crimes. So de Blasio is cleverly, cleverly you know, protecting people from COVID by encouraging criminality. Crime. Do you see the brilliance <laughs> right. of that? Uh, yeah. No, it is brilliant. It is brilliant, yeah. just like a socialist to do that. It, it is, it, but it's a mental dis. It really is a mental disorder with many people in California and uh, sure. the Northeast because they have yeah. been indoctrinated on this. It's it's craziness. But ben, crazy. Many of them are not good-looking people. So there's a vested interest <laughs> All right. to wear the mask. All right. All right. I, may you wear a mask for the rest of your life. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, I, we will. Uh, this is a note to the producers. Make sure that we have Bill on maybe on Tuesday of next week or whenever he has time to talk about The Mob because it is a great book and I'm fascinated by the stories and I think the audience will be too. Uh, it is uh, Killing the Mob by Bill O'Reilly, available wherever you buy books now. Thanks, Bill. Okay, Beck, we'll talk next week. Thank you for being All generous. Right. Appreciate it. You, bet. you got it. All right. Boy, he's so gracious. So gracious. Uh, let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It's MyPillow. Uh, I am uh, wearing MyPillow slippers all the time now. Pat, did your dad ever wear slippers outside of the house? No, thank goodness, no. Really? Yeah. My he dad did, did not. all the time, and it was like, Dad, stop wearing slippers, will you? <laughs> what ma- What difference does it make? With I'm black socks, like cover. black knee-high oh. socks on as well. Oh, yeah, it's no. a good look. It's just so good look. bad. It was just so bad. <laughs> I am proudly wearing my slippers out now in public. Mm. Uh, they, have, uh, they have rubber soles, so you can wear them inside and outside. They're really comfortable. They look kind of like moccasins. I mean, they're clearly slippers if you look at them. But I'm at the point where I don't care. They are so incredibly comfortable. Um, they, they are made with a layer of impact gel, uh, and they got foam in it and, you know, like lamb's wool kind of material inside. Really, really comfortable. And I think for dads, stylish enough, especially when you're out with the kids. Uh, it's my pillow. You can get the slippers right now, a 40% discount off the my slippers. And if you uh, use the promo code Beck, you're going to get that. Plus, the slippers come with a one year warranty and a 60 day money back guarantee. So if you order them and you're like, I don't know, they weren't embarrassing enough for my children. Um, you know, you can send them back, but you'll probably keep them for the comfort. They're really tremendous. MyPillow.com, promo code Beck, or call 800-966-3117, 866-3117. That's a 1-800 number, or MyPillow.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
Coming up next hour, you're going to meet an incredible woman, uh, the executive director of Voices of Black Mothers United. Uh, these are moms who are like, hey, um, let's talk about all of the killing in the inner cities. Can we, if we're going to say Black Lives Matter, uh, they matter. And it's a group of moms getting together. Very powerful. Uh, join us next hour. Uh, also, uh, I just want to just stop for a second and thank the director of uh, my daughter. She's in a new uh, she's in a new musical here in the Dallas area. Uh, it's uh, Les Miserables. And I saw it last night. And I'll talk about that in a second. But when she came home after she got, uh, you know, the role assignments, uh uh, she came home and she I said, what, what, what part did you get? And she said, dad, I play prostitute number one and or prostitute number three and prostitute number four. <laughs> and I'm like, fantastic. So I, I met the director last night and I thanked him for uh, a very proud moment where my daughter came home and said, dad, I'm a whore. Uh, and uh, it was special. And I thought I think something that yeah. every father looks forward to. <laughs> Um, but, uh, she's in this production and I, I don't know where this talent is coming from. The kid that plays Jean Valjean, the Cosette is a all of them, Fontaine, the major roles, they're like 15, 16, 17 years old. And that is not an easy play to, to carry off. I could not believe how good it was. And my wife <laughs> was making fun of me the whole time. We we're sitting in the front row and, uh, my daughter said, dad she never made eye contact with me she's like and i could hear you sniffling and sobbing and i don't like it stop <laughs> okay uh, so, how proud just, you must I, be i know yeah i mean mm -hmm. i went to a what would be defined as an uh fine arts high school uh now and i don't think we were that good i mean it, the, the the talent and i don't know what it is maybe it's i don't know the talent is not as uh, was. I don't think it was ever as good as it is now. It's it's truly remarkable. There's been uh, some talent inflation over the years. I think, and so you think so? Yeah. Uh -huh. Are we printing yeah. too much talent? Is <laughs> yeah, that what's happening? God's be. just printing too we much talent. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, it's up to him. Uh, all right. Next hour, another power hour. You don't want to miss some people speaking common sense. You don't want to miss it. Voicesofblackmothers.com, woodsoncenter.org. Next hour. Stand by. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Thank you very much, Hillary. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about what happened in Texas yesterday. They uh, just signed the Senate, just signed a, a constitutional carry, which means you got a legal gun. You can carry it any way you want. Um, I, I want you to know it's going to become easier and easier to do that in some states. But please understand that if if you pull your gun and draw it on somebody, you have legal issues like crazy, just crazy. Um, protecting your family, protecting yourself safely, unless you're going to the range, unless you really are a shooter, you might want to consider a taser. Um, a taser
tasers now have a non-lethal self-protection device, small, lightweight enough to carry um, on you or in your glove compartment or purse, powerful enough to incapacitate an attacker. Also comes with a, a GPS alert. So when you fire that, GPS sends a signal. So it says there's trouble here. Save 20% right now by using the promo code BECK. Do it now. Taser, T-A-S-E-R.com. Promo code BECK. America, welcome to the Glenn Beck program. So glad that you have joined us today. Um, it has been an incredible podcast that you have to go back and listen to if you miss if you missed any of it. We started with Jordan Peterson, then I talked to this very brave woman who is is going in and trying to win uh, a seat on the school board in the Portland, Oregon era area. She is extraordinarily brave. Her her whole thing is standing up against critical race theory. It's got, we've got to start teaching truth and not the opposite of everything that Martin Luther King preached. It, it has taken us decades to really understand what Martin Luther King was saying and putting it into practice. And now we're going the opposite direction. We also had Bill O'Reilly on with us, and this hour is going to be a power hour that you don't want to miss. I'm going to introduce you to a couple of people that have started a, a movement called the Voices of Black Mothers United. They, it's a new movement to unite mothers of fallen children and community partners to amplify their voices in an effort to heal and strengthen the community. We always say, why is no one talking about the kids that are being killed? This is a problem. What can we do to help? Why isn't anyone talking about it? Because black lives do matter. If you look at that as a slogan, it's absolutely true. If you look at it as a movement or a political statement, it's dangerous. But I think everybody in this audience knows that black lives do matter. So what are you gonna do? How are you gonna help? Oh, buckle up. Great, great interview in 60 seconds. program if you are a uh, homeowner you're the type who's fiscally responsible right now you could be a phone call away from a massive change for the better in your financial life mortgage rates began sinking over a year ago and they are they're in the two percent range now if you have a four percent mortgage even a high three percent mortgage if you can get it down to 2.7 2.5 2.3 oh my god Gosh, the amount of money that you will save every month. Now, imagine if you roll in your credit cards. If you have high interest credit card and you know that debt is just toxic, as those interest rates begin to rise on credit cards, and believe me, they will soon, you are going to have a trouble even paying them, let alone paying them off. Roll them into your mortgage without resetting your loan and save money Get that monkey off your back and be financially secure. 
Call 800-906-2440. It's 906-2440. That's a 1-800 number. Or you can just go to AmericanFinancing.net. They're waiting for you now at 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I want to reintroduce you to a, uh, a friend of the program, a friend of, I think, Freedom in America, uh, and a guy that I'm, I'm sorry I didn't know a lot uh, earlier, Bob Woodson. He's the founder and president of the Woodson Center. He has a new book that is coming out called Red, White, and Black. But I have him on because it's the Woodson Center. This, this, this is a, um, if you really want to help, you really want to help, donate your time, your energy, your prayers, or your money to the Woodson Center and Bob Woodson. He's been in the inner cities forever, and he actually is teaching the things that strengthen people, not tear them down. Um, and, and he's making a huge impact, and he's just started something new, and I want him to uh, introduce the executive director of that. Hi, Bob, how are you? I'm just fine, Len. Just pleased to be back. Yeah. Um, by the way, I read your 1776 uh, unites.com, the the uh, the curriculum. Bob, yes. it's fan, it's fantastic. It is really, really fantastic. I hope our listeners have been downloading that uh, because I, I think every family should be using that and teaching that and every school should be using and teaching. It. It's really powerful stuff. So thank you for that. Thank you. Well, as you um, know, the, the Woodson Center, I'm, I'm sorry, Glenn, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, please, go ahead. I was just giving your, your listeners, again, a, a reminder that we've been around 40 years. I founded it 40 years ago, um, and, and we, we have 2,500 low-income grassroots leaders in 39 states of all racial groups, and they are, they are uh, developing solutions and have, over, over the decades, solutions to poverty and despair drug addiction, uh, predatory violence. They are healing agents, what I call antibodies, uh, in those communities that have developed solutions from within. And the, the Woodson Center has been a source of technical support. We help direct funding to those initiatives and we train them. We consider them social entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and so we have, uh, they have accomplished some amazing improvements of reducing violence, uh, of, of helping to develop jobs and small businesses in there. So there's a whole wellspring of healthy elements in some of the most toxic drug infested yeah. neighborhoods. So if anybody uh, doesn't so know Bob Woodson, Bob used uh, Bob used to be the president of the um, American Enterprise Institute for uh, for well, a I was while. So, president solo, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, he's there. These are time tested, real, uh, principled uh, techniques that 
produce results and pull people out of poverty. Um, the one thing, Bob, that we've talked about is, I mean, I'm, I think Black Lives Matter, the organization, is a very dangerous organization uh, for the one reason, uh, just this one reason alone, and there's a lot, they are saying that we need to reimagine policing. I'm all for getting rid of bad police officers, 100%. But if you try to reimagine my police force, I'm going to move from that area. But the people who are at the bottom end of the scale, who have the real crime in their area and the gangs and the shootings, they can't move. And they're the ones being abandoned. So you you started this. And will you bring uh, Sylvia in on this and introduce introduce her? Yes, I will. As I said, that, that one of the ways that if you look at the polling, 80 percent of black Americans, particularly low income black Americans, are opposed to defunding the police. Sixty percent of blacks do not believe racial discrimination is a principal barrier to their successful future. And, wow. and, and so and, but but you would never know that because the no. spokesperson for, for the black community say the uh, the opposite. So. What we're doing at the Woodson Center is we go into our constituents and give them an opportunity to speak and act for themselves. And that's why Sylvia has had a long term relationship with us. And so when she called me and said, Bob, we need to do something about this, um, we immediately uh, swung into action. And Sylvia is uh, is the organizer of Voices of Black Mothers United. And she can tell you herself why she got involved and and the important role that we can talk about what they're yeah. doing. So Sylvia, why don't you share with them why you got involved with this, what happened with your daughter and, and just Sil- how it happened. Sylvia Bennett Stone, welcome to the program. Well, how are you? Well, I'll start out saying well this morning, you know, um, it's challenging because it's Mother's Day weekend, and I am a mother who lost her child to mother. I put that shadow of a doubt and can go over and over. And hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, to this, to the uh, main studio. Can is am I hearing this break up just on my end, or is this what it sounds like on air? It's breaking up. Can let me take a quick break and let's reestablish a connection. Sylvia, because I don't want to miss a word that you're saying. Uh, and if she's on a speakerphone, have her pick it up or get to a hard line, uh, because what she has to say is really important, especially as she just said on Mother's Day weekend. Let me take a quick, quick pause and tell you about real estate agents. I This is a company that I started years ago, um, and it was really built out of frustration. I didn't know how to hire the right real estate agent. I didn't know how to interview them. I didn't know what made a good real estate agent other than that felt good. I think we got a good deal on that. Uh, and how do you repeat that? Well, uh, I started doing some work for a, uh, a company that involved what the Wall Street Journal said was the 500 best real estate agents in the country. And I got to know these real estate agents and I got to know their best practices and I started to see a pattern. And so I talked to them about it. So what we've done with real estate agents I trust is made a free service to you. We've gone and looked for that pattern in your area. 
uh, if if we don't have a real estate agent that we trust in your area, we won't recommend just anybody. Um, we've really done our homework on these on these real estate agents. I want you to do your own homework, but this is a free service to you. We'll give you that name or a couple of names even in some cases uh, in your area, and then you interview them yourself and see if you don't notice a difference. These are the people that can get your home sold fast on time with the least hassle. Um, they can help you if you're if you're you know you've got problems selling your house. They will give you the advice. Here's what you have to do to your house to get it sold, um, and and get you the people as well to help do that. And um, and on the other end, they're going to make it as painless and as good of a deal as you can possibly get on the house that you want to buy. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. realestateagentsitrust.com. 10 seconds, station ID. We are uh, we are back and we are joined by Sylvia Bennett Stone, the executive director of Voices for Black Mothers United. Um, Sylvia, I know it's painful yeah. on this weekend to talk about what got you uh, to where you are. But can you start there? Yes, absolutely. And thank you for having me on. You bet. Um, I can play over and over in my head on July 4th, 2004, when my daughter and her best friend were shot with one bullet, caught in the crossfire of guys shooting at each other. Now, I played this back over in my head because if the police was there, could they have de-escalated and stop them from shooting or deterred them from shooting. And perhaps if that happened, the girls would be alive today. Now, I just can't imagine communities um, without the police right now. And yes, I do agree with you in terms of activities that, that some police officers may do that is outside of what they're sworn to do. Mm-hmm. However, we need the police to regulate in our communities. We yeah. really do. The number so- of shootings right now and, and violent killings is just off the charts. I have talked to so many African-American parents and grandparents that say they are afraid uh, of some of the youth in their community. And it's a new kind of thing uh, that uh, there is this this drug culture that has taken over. And if your kids don't get caught up into it, your kids can be killed by it easily. And they need the police. I talked to some people who are marching with Black Lives Matter and didn't believe any of the stuff that Black Mm -hmm. Lives Matter says Mm -hmm. politically. But they were I said, why are you here then? And they said, because we need help. Somebody needs to do something. We need help. So how is your organization? How can we help you? And what is your organization designed to do? 
Okay, we have three initiatives, three primary initiatives, and one that is advocacy. We want to help heal those who've been affected by violence. Their children or family member have been killed, and we want to help them heal and get better. But that healing also helps heal their communities. It helps heal their surroundings. When someone see me doing better and me doing positive things in my community, we're hoping that becomes contagious. Mm-hmm. And that's the healing and the advocacy part of it. We have. I think the hang on before we before we move on. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember. I think it was about the same time you lost your daughter, the Amish shooting, uh, where mm-hmm. all of those girls were shot. And the healing that happened in that community was phenomenal because of Absolutely. forgiveness and perspective. And I, I, I just feel, I mean, there, I don't want to live like the Amish, but I feel like we'd be a lot better off if we were Amish, you know, and had that attitude. And if we learn to forgive, you know, yes. one of yes. the things that I teach our youth in the community is this five self check. You know, one, know your triggers. Don't go into communities you know you're having issues with someone over there. Those are the type of things that bring and and make this escalate into something that someone is going to lose their lives. And it's not it's not even necessary. I can guarantee you those two guys who were shooting and killed our girls probably don't even know what they were shooting over at this point in time. But yeah. yet I'm left with a lifetime of a of a broken heart because of something that was could have been solved or resolved. But yet me myself as other thousands and thousands of other mothers we're left with broken hearts could you imagine the mother of a two-year-old who was sleeping in their crib and a bullet goes through the window and kills that child no no i can't i can't i mean i i I can't um i i've thought about this many times with you know we've had problems in the family or or whatever and i've thought about i can't lose this child i i mean i mean like i don't know how you even go on um and especially when it's something like your kid being shot in a crib they weren't involved in anything i mean it's it's faith shaking almost and you have more and more children, innocent children that are dying just like that. So when you said a minute ago, you, you said if the police could have intervened, maybe my daughter and her friend would be alive. Um, yeah. Yeah. How, how do you deal with the like, for instance, the story in Ohio recently where the police did intervene? And I I think they did the right thing. But now they're being charged as killers of this young teenager but they were trying to stop the other teenager from being stabbed how do, how do you reconcile this i personalized it okay i've experienced something that was similar my granddaughter new high school freshman um some of the girls didn't like her and they went to her house 
to jump on her with brass knuckles, sticks, whatever. And thank God her mother was at home. And the mother had to actually get to the point to where she had to intervene with bringing her gun outside, saying you're not going to hurt my daughter. This is not going to happen. And me, me, myself, as a mother who's had to put a child in the grave, I can't even imagine putting another child in a grave because oh my gosh. someone else's actions who cannot to articulate how to defuse a situation, how to get out of a situation, how to walk away from a situation. I will not. So I told her to do whatever you have to do to protect my granddaughter. Oh, my gosh. Um, Note to the producers, can we please bump the next guest to Monday? I know it's specifically for Friday, but I think it will still work on Monday. Uh, and, uh, and deepest apologies, but I, I just want to continue our conversation here with uh, Sylvia um, because we only got to one of the um, one of the three points of what your organization mm-hmm. is doing, and I think it's important mm-hmm. that you express it. Can you stay with us for a few more minutes? Oh, absolutely. Okay, um, we're talking about the Voices of Black Mothers United initiative, and I don't think that this is an organization that's going to get very much mainstream coverage uh, because it is looking at a different way of dealing with what we're dealing, and they will actually talk about the violence that is happening in their own communities, and it's got to stop. And anyone who has an answer that is based in common sense and common decency, I want to support. I think you feel the same way. Um, you can find out more about it at voicesofblackmothers.com, also woodsoncenter.org. Uh, we'll continue our conversation in just a minute. Stand by. is the Glenn Beck Program. Hey, it's the final week of Chamonix's Mother's Day sale, which means that for only a few more days, you can get that special lady, the greatest skincare products in the world, and this amazing promotion. If you've been stuck trying to think of what she'd really love this year, you can set that heavy burden down because Chamonix has got you covered, and mom's going to love what you get. Order the classic GenuCell for bags and puffiness, and you'll get the jawline treatment and the Zotique Deep Correcting Serum absolutely free. And as an additional surprise for Mother's Day, GenuCell will also include their legendary GenuCell XV Anti-Wrinkle Treatment and Moisturizer also free. Go to GenuCell.com or call now 800-577-8709. 800-577-8709. And as a special gift, every order is upgraded to priority free shipping. GenuCell.com. That's GenuCell.com. Hey, don't forget, you can join us at Blaze TV. You just subscribe now. You go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and you're going to save money on it now. We need you to be part of the team, an active part of the team. Join us now, blazetv.com slash Glenn. 
This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. It's Friday, and it's Mother's Day weekend. Uh, we have Bob Woodson, founder and president of the Woodson Center, author of a new book coming out, Red, White, and Black, that is, I haven't read it yet, but I'm guessing it's a must-read. Um, Sylvia Bennett-Stone is also with us. She's the executive director of Voices of Black Mothers United. Uh, you can find them at VoicesOfBlackMothersUnited.com. Um, Sylvia, I... I want to talk to you about the the three pillars and uh, and I'm, I'm going over the website and the first one is advocacy. And if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, it's advocacy, family, community intervention and positive police training. So let's start with advocacy. What does that mean? OK, advocacy, meaning that we actually go into the community to try to help heal the community. We start with the mothers who've lost children to us, and then we pour that over into the community where see the mothers are healing, the community can heal. Long as we hold on to anger and unforgiveness, unforgiveness, and that resonates around us, and then resonates outside of our home as well. We're losing you okay, again. Example. I don't know if you moved to a, another place. No, so you I, go into I the community not. and okay, and and mm-hmm. you you have volunteers from faith-based organizations, but uh, excuse me for saying, but some faith-based organizations are less faith-based and more political uh, based. Uh, but you are talking about people who are really faith-based, and you are bringing peace to the community and to the families. That's correct. We're talking about the faith base that goes outside of the church walls. We're talking about the faith base who's willing to walk the streets and talk to the drug dealer and talk to the the drug user to say, this is not life. This is not living because that escalates over into violence every time. Yeah. Let me bring Bob in real quick. Bob, do you have any results on going in and meeting with drug dealers and meeting with uh, drug addicts and, and seeing positive results? Absolutely. We, if, you, if, if you go on our website and took a um, violence-free zone, Milwaukee, where we have our violence-free zone efforts, where neighborhood leaders, many of them ex-offenders themselves, through God's grace, they became transformed, and they are witnesses to others that transformation is possible. Uh, six months ago, the Alliance of Concerned Men, one of our groups in D.C., Glenn, actually went in uh, is went into one of the worst crime areas, and for three months they didn't have a single act of violence. Three months. Now that should have been celebrated, but it was reported and ignored. And there are other islands of excellence that have been created by people indigenous who are faith-centered. But also, I want Sylvia to talk about the other initiative where mothers are working with the police at the site of a homicide, and, and as a consequence of, of changing the way the police process that, they have dramatically increased the number of closures, so people are encouraged to testify. I wish Sylvia would talk about the role that mothers are playing, actually working with the police at a homicide scene and acting as a liaison with the families. And as a result of building this trust, 
they have had some dramatic results of closing homicides. Sylvia, can uh, you, you can you talk yes. about that? Yes. Um, what happens at a homicide scene, you have the family who's just been notified their loved one um, has been killed. A lot of times their loved one is still lying there on the ground. We partner with Chief Rodney Monroe. He's an ex-police chief who saw the need to change how the homicide scene is processed. And one of the things that he brought to the forefront is that it's very difficult for them as a police officer to assess the homicide scene and hope to get clues to close those homicides and and yet deal with the, a distraught family. We as advocates, we will go in with the police to homicide scenes because we mothers who've lost children know better how to deal with a family that's distraught and has just received news that their child or loved one is deceased and been killed, actually. I think that's, so, I, I think that's remarkable. Um, what are the results of that? Closure. The police are allowed to get clues to help solve that homicide more so than them dealing with a distraught family and then the clues and the evidence is is messed up on the other end. So they deal with their job and we deal with the family in terms of guiding them and calming them and getting them to the point of where they know that the police at that point is not their enemy. And if they know that, then a lot of times they can, the police can get information from the family that helped close their homicide. So is this part of the second part of the initiative, family and community intervention, uh, or is this promoting positive policing? Because those are the last two. It it uh, is actually uh, a little bit of both, but it's community intervention more so because we are out there, hands-on, boots on the ground with the community. But another part of our community intervention is actually doing work um, in the community as a prevention measure. In what way? Uh, we have um, mothers who's organized as an organization, and what we do is we try to engage police and community in conversation. We just had an event, in fact, in Alabama, where the police came together with mothers who lost children to violence. There was a conversation, so each side listened to one another. And as a result, as a result of that, the police sheriff department actually the next day reinstituted sensitivity training of how a police officer should actually deal with the families. So it is, um, you're not, you're approaching the police in a different way to where it's not an adversarial. It is, look, we have a problem in the community and you may not understand some of this. And so let's work with you because we don't want this to happen, right? 
Yeah. That's correct. We yeah, are right. 100% supporting the police. We're saying that, yes, there are some issues among police departments and, and particular police officers. However, that is not the majority. Majority are good police officers who sworn to protect. So we have to have that conversation where the community break down those barriers and those defenses against police to where they can do what they're sworn to do. So, Sylvia, if I may, in in beginning to understand what's happening, the the communities that are under attack uh, where their kids are being killed, that's a lot of parents that are grieving and are probably not the ones to be getting good psychiatric uh, advice or care uh, on a regular basis. And so the their prey to people who would prey upon them for a political agenda or whatever kind of agenda. And when these attacks continue to happen, it's not just that it's one kid uh, being shot like it would be maybe in my neighborhood. Uh, It's that that kid has been shot and four other people on my block or in my neighborhood are also grieving and none of us have been dealt with. Nobody's actually dealing with the problem. And so it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And when you're going and you're looking for blame and everything else, I mean, if you don't have help, uh, you know, exactly. you're prone to all kinds of things. Is, it, is this a too simple of an explanation or am I on the right path at all? You're on the right path. One of the things that we do um, in our advocacy department, we actually help people get mental health services. In fact, um, at our community forums, we bring in a mental health specialist on the spot to where the the victims can actually talk with them and understand that it's not a, 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 a taboo on you if you have to have mental health services. That is part of healing. Right. And if we can continue to encourage that, you have more people getting better. I would imagine, Sylvia, um, just because we went through some family therapy, we, we had um, a suicide attempt uh, in my, my family, in, in my household with my children this last year. And uh, when we went through the therapy with it, he said, what's your biggest fear? And I said that it happens and and I didn't do something. I, I, I didn't know what to do. I, that somehow or another, I'm responsible. I have to believe that. I mean, you, you told the story of your granddaughter, um, you know, a mom who comes out and, you know, thinks, I don't want to bring a gun or I don't want to do this. You, if you make one mistake or you, mm-hmm. you even think that you've made a mistake, that's got to weigh you down and that's not something you deal with quickly that that has got to fester in you for a long time it's hard i i mean i i just can't even words can't even explain how difficult it is however it's more difficult putting a child in the ground Mm. and saying goodbye it's more difficult doing that than to 
make a sound decision. Should that mother stood there and allowed eight girls to beat her daughter? No, not by <sighs> any means. Is that okay? The I don't think people understand the stress. Uh, I mean, I didn't know this until I went to your website. Twenty six percent of parents die within the first 10 years after experiencing the trauma of losing a child. That that's Absolutely. an that's epidemic uh, kind of numbers, especially in like in Chicago. That, that's I mean, that's an yes. epidemic. It, it, it is. It's, it's really an epidemic. Um, I can tell you the mother of my daughter's friend died right after trials. She literally died of a broken heart. And I know how easy that can happen because the pain is so unbearable. It's so unbearable. You don't know what to do. It's, it's, it's not a natural order that a parent mm. buries a child. Sylvia, um, my heart goes out to you, especially this weekend, and to all of the mothers in your situation. Thank you so much for being on. Um, I, I'd like to further a conversation, and, and uh, Bob, the same with you. Uh, I, I know we're probably not the, the, you know, the press that would be the most helpful, but we want to be as helpful as we can be. Um, uh, and I have a feeling you're not going to get mainstream press. Um, to really expose what you're doing, but I think it's really important and we'd like to help in any way that we possibly can. Please let's continue this uh, conversation. If you would like to find out more about this or you would like to make a donation and help the people who are actually trying to heal, you can go to the woodsoncenter.org. That's woodsoncenter.org or voices of black mothers united.com. What an appropriate way to spend Mother's Day weekend. Voices of Black Mothers United.com. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about uh, Car Shield. Um, you know, nobody ever says, yeah, I'm happy to hold the target while you practice throwing tomahawks. Uh, it's not a problem. Uh, you know, you know what I love about Dr. Fauci is his consistency. Those are things that you just don't hear. You know, I'd, you, oh boy, I'd give my right arm right now for having my car break down because I just, my warranty just expired. Nobody's going to say any of those things. You can have a car shield cover your car for specific repairs. You help design the warranty. You get roadside assistance, a rental car to get you by until your car is fixed. You can take your car to the dealership, the mechanic. You don't have to wait. For them to pay you, you know, you're not writing the check and then, okay, I'm going to send you the bill and I hope you're going to send that check to me right away. They deal with all of it, all of it. My car doesn't care about my savings. My car doesn't care if it's out of warranty or in warranty, but it always happens at the worst time because there's never a good time for your car to break down. But I will tell you this, they have, they have saved me thousands of dollars on just my trucks, I have these old trucks, and they have gone much further than they would have because I wouldn't have spent the money on it. But I have Car Shield, and I can drive those trucks now until the doors fall off. It's Car Shield. CarShield.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 10%. CarShield.com. 
promo code BECK and save 10% deductible may apply. The Glenn Beck Program. It's Mother's Day weekend. I lost my mother when I was about 15 years old. And, um, and it is tough. It is tough. It's tough to lose a parent at any age. Uh, if your parent or even your adopted parent, because I have adoptive moms and I have other mothers in my life, mothers of my children, this is the weekend to heal any rift that you might have. Appreciate your mother. Celebrate your mother. Even if you and your mother have been having a hard time, try, try just to heal the wounds as much as you can. Let them know that you love them. It's important that we heal ourselves and our families first. This is the Glenn Beck Program.